The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Jesus said, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more and saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sowed and gather where I have scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. The one-talent man wanted a sure thing. He thought he knew what his master was like, though perhaps he was just projecting his own hard-heartedness. And so he was afraid. What if I lose this talent? What if I put it to work and it turns out to be a failure? What if the bubble bursts? What will happen to me when the master shows up and his talent is gone? Now, mind you, a talent is a lot. A hundred days' wages. And so it would have seemed to the one-talent man that he had a lot to lose. Of course, if he'd been paying attention, he would have learned something about the master in the way that he entrusted his servants with this massive amount of money. He's almost cavalier. Here's five for you, two for you, and one for you. I'll see you later. And just like that, he's handed over fully two years' pay and change and then promptly hit the road. 
We don't hear any warnings or admonitions. There's no, make sure you spend it wisely, or don't let me find out you've wasted it. He's given them not just a bunch of money, but also his confidence and his trust. It is the profound difference between having your dad just toss you the keys to the car and having him sit down and hand them to you with a lecture. But the one-talent man, he didn't even put the keys in the ignition. He wanted to be sure, sure that he was in the right, sure that he would not end up worse than he had started, and sure that he would not be a loser. In economics and decision theory, this is called loss aversion. People tend to be more strongly motivated by the pain of loss than they are by the joy of gain. The bad feeling you get from losing $5 is stronger than the good feeling you get from finding $5. And so, the one talent man was afraid that he'd lose the money or his master's trust or worse. He was paralyzed with the anticipation of regret. What if this doesn't turn out as I plan? What if I don't succeed? What if I have nothing to show in the end? It's in our nature to want a sure thing, to try to lock down the hypotheticals and to answer all those what-ifs. And it is evidence of our frailty that we so earnestly hold on to what we have. We so desperately try to soothe our uncertainty of the future. Our loss aversion combined with this uncertain future is the reason why people do a lot of things that are otherwise difficult to explain, like staying in unhealthy relationships, or accumulating clutter in our houses, or selling low, or buying extended warranties. Frankly, the one-talent man behaves just like you would expect, and that's because you and I share his biases. But what about the other two? How did they get it so right? Were they just desensitized to the risks and then they got lucky? Had they not heard that their master was a hard man, reaping where he did not sow and gathering where he had scattered no seed? Why were they not afraid? The answer is found in the praise that the master heaps on the first two. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Now that word faithful goes two ways. It runs one way from the master toward the servants. He gives them the money and his trust. And when he returns, he finds that they have been trustworthy. They've been faithful. They did not betray him or claim what was his as their own or use their talents for wickedness. But they were also faithful in this sense. They trusted the master. The master who so freely and generously gave, they took to be the kind of man they did not need to fear. They took his confidence as their own, believing like him that his trust would pay off. And so it is that in this whole scenario, the master is the sure thing. He is the certainty. He is the answer to all the what-ifs. 
In him, there is no fear of regret. There is only yes and amen and gift and trust and more and more. And their trust in the Master was rewarded with incredible gains and the invitation to enter his joy. That's what the one-talent man had missed. He believed that his master was a hard man, and so he did not trust him. Judgment, which appeared in our lessons quite a bit today, judgment is the fact that God is for you the kind of God you think and believe he is. And so if you believe he's the kind of God who takes what is not his, then even what little you have will be taken from you. But if you believe that he's the kind of God who gives and whose gifts produce an abundance, then that is precisely the kind of God you have. And there can be no mistaking that that is, in fact, our God. The story of the Bible from beginning to end is the story of a God who gives and whose gifts produce an abundance. From the people of Israel who had food to eat in the desert for 40 years to the widow of Zarephath whose oil jar never ran dry, he is a God who lacks nothing, who fears no loss, who suffers no regret. From Abraham whose family would number more than the stars in the sky to Mary, who was to be a virgin mother, he is a God whose promises are more certain than the odds, whose confidence in his own gifts is always met with success. And in Christ Jesus, whose death on the cross spelled the greatest loss possible in all creation, God our Father poured out his steadfast love. And in raising his son from the grave, he established for all eternity his faithfulness to you. I can't tell you how often I've heard a text like ours turned into a lecture, where the preacher says, look at how much you have, what God has trusted, with, trusted you with. Make sure you spend it wisely. Don't let me find out you've wasted it, which is, of course, hand you the keys while sitting you down with a lecture. You can get some pretty good mileage out of guilt, of course, at least at first. But Jesus doesn't tell this parable to make you feel guilty. He tells it to set you free. And so the one thing that I would impress on you is this. If you want a sure thing, if you want certainty, if you want the answer to all the what-ifs, if you want to avoid regret then you've come to the right place. Because you might be apprehensive about how all of this is going to turn out, but let me tell you, Jesus is not. He is the sure thing. He is completely confident in everything that he has entrusted to you. And I don't just mean your money and your stuff, but even your life and your time and your attention and especially your capacity to love and to show mercy, and to speak the truth, and to forgive, and to be charitable, and to pray, and to bless. All of these are his trust to you. And not only has he given you what you have, but he is ready to give you more, sourced here at this altar in his flesh and blood, which fill you with faith and love. He is a God who lacks nothing. 
who fears no loss and suffers no regret, a God whose promises are more certain than the odds, whose confidence in his own gifts is always met with success. So put the keys in the ignition. Put your talents to work. You will be rewarded with incredible gains and the joy of your Heavenly Father. And above all, remember this. He is a God who loves you unendingly. A God who, come what may, will always be faithful to you. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.